0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I am an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and hopefully interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello everyone, I just wanna take a moment to introduce our guest today, Madison Morgan. Madison Morgan is my coach. I have been in her program, Serve It Up, and in her program, Awaken Her Soul. I absolutely adore Madison, and wanted to tell you a little bit about her before we get started. Madison is a four-time international award-winning life coach, speaker, creative consultant, and creator of Awaken Her Soul, a 14-week mentorship program designed to help women embody their worth, power, and fullness. I've taken this program, and let me tell you, that is accurate. Um, Centered on self-responsibility and full expression, Madison coaches ambitious and creative women as they shed the layers of programming, keeping them small, and finally come home to their true selves. She has her degree in interpersonal communication with an emphasis in psychology from Missouri State University, has a ter- certificate in conflict resolution and legal mediation, and is proudly certified as a beautiful U-Coaching Academy coach. Without further ado, welcome Madison.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. Today, I have with me Madison Morgan. Hi, Madison.
2: Hi. I'm happy to be a bitch, a witch, and a queer. So I'm <laughs> happy to be here.
1: <laughs> the trifecta. <laughs> yes. Amazing.
2: Well, I
1: just want to dive in. Like, I um, I know you are an expert in this field and um, of of treating your business in a spiritual way and having like a relationship with your business. So, um I kind of want to start off with some like boundary definitions. Like what is it that you define spirituality as now and oh, what did it I used to be for you?
2: <laughs> this is a huge question. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> I think honestly I think that spirituality is just our relationship with things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a really relational person, like I feel that way. And then of course, like all of my astrology, human design, like any all of those things actually really reflect that relationship is the center of my life. It's the center of what really matters to me. And so when I think about spirit and about, you know, I used to be very evangelical, I wasn't raised that way, but indoctrinated myself into evangelicalism, it was always about the relationship with God and the relationship with my community and my relationship to myself. And I think I really brought that with me from, even though I don't agree with those teachings anymore and had to really do some work around how that impacted me and even some spiritual trauma with that. I'm grateful for that being such a deliberate way to have ritual and to have a container for relationship because that's actually what I think of whenever I think of ritual is I'm entering into a time or a space or a place of containment around intentional relationship with something. And so relationship with people, myself, with Spirit with the earth, with my business, um, with my clients—like all of it—to me is a spiritual practice because it's almost like the space between the things. There's, uh, some people disagree with this, but I think that there's a third thing, and there's intention on both sides. Um, I'm now I'm getting really meta, but it's relationship.
1: You're in the right place to get meta. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I'm oh like, I'm going. <laughs> the stars, and it—it it just started pouring rain just now so if you hear you're welcome I sent it your way from Kansas thank you (laughs) it's arrived
1: I'm so okay so this is this is like perfect we're just going to jump around my questions because like I I was thinking about this concept and I've been having a lot of conversations with friends and um, people that I interview on podcasts around like this this other right this other like create you create something and it has like its own energy like it has its own thing outside of you it has its own almost like agenda what it wants to be through you Mm -hmm. and I feel like relationships very much the same way I agree with you there's a there's a chemistry that two people have between each other that is like its own container and um yeah like almost like a soda is like the analogy I use for it's like you get a rum and coke you can still taste the coke but it's a different thing when it's with the rum Mm. you know like it's a very different like thing so I'm curious like. With that like how how have you experienced that? like how did you start to notice that first like what was your first in like, my oh, business no, just in your in your life and then and then maybe in your business later, but like what was your first actual mm. experience of this like extra piece yeah,
2: you know I actually I think experiencing the lack of my own identity, I come from a very enmeshed family system. And I could not differentiate me from my mother. I had a very enmeshed relationship with my mother growing up and learning self-sovereignty and differentiation and really extracting myself from an enmeshed, an enmeshed relationship. I started to see the different ways that we interact with other and the different ways that we're in relationship that are really harmful or ineffective Mm -hmm. and realizing I actually was there, but the culture of that relationship on both sides, it was a symbiotic thing happening where uh, we created one energy. Like My mother and I were so enmeshed that if one person was dysregulated, co-dysregulation would happen. One person was happy. It was a, a symbiotic relational culture that we had created that was really toxic. So I actually think I learned it in reverse, trying to heal and find self-sovereignty from a highly enmeshed relationship. But I, I just became really interested in how the way that I am and I be and I show up changes the culture of my relationships. Because really, I think it's not so much that there's maybe... A, actually, I, I'm going to take that back. I do think energetically that there's a third thing that can happen, but it's happening as a result of what's happening in the individuals and like in relationship with people. And so if there's one person who's really regulated, the other person might join that regulation and it might create a more beautiful harmonious relationship or you know the reverse can happen or enmeshment can happen Mm -hmm. and so seeing how learning how to hold my own center and how to be distinctly in my own energy and how that impacted the culture of my People relationships, yes. I started seeing it actually as I healed. It started impacting my business, and then impacting my relationship with clients and social media, and the way that I was relating to my work. Um, so, I think I learned it originally because I didn't know I couldn't find me in the relationships mm. that I was in.
1: Yeah. So, so you sort of like had to create a differentiation in order to have an identity, which makes
2: perfect yeah. sense.
1: Um, yeah. And you were doing all of this while you were building your business.
2: Um, I was doing some of it before, you know, I, I have an undergrad in interpersonal communication and in psychology and I, I was wanted to be a sex therapist. I was, I was planning on going to school for that. And then really life circumstances didn't allow for that. So I was coaching. And I, so I was already in like kind of a contemplation about these things, but the deeper healing work, that I'm speaking of around differentiation and all of that happened after I already had a business, and so my business i mean I started off as a coach when I was twenty three and didn't have nearly the education or personal healing I have now, um just because life experience i was twenty three and it's been beautiful to see how like the depth of my work has mirrored the depth of my own healing, and of course as it does our own maturity. Um, but yeah, in the beginning I was like helping people achieve their goals and feel more confident. And it was, uh, I don't want to say it was surface level because it was really impactful. It just, um, didn't have quite like the nuance. It was more of like helping people get a raise, you know, helping people achieve their goals, helping people eat in the way that made them feel good. Um, and now it's, it's a lot more deep, which is awesome.
1: So, so tell me about that. What, what is it that you're doing in, in your work now that is, that depth that you're talking about?
2: Well, I think, you know, some of the the problems that people have might be the same, but the way that I'm going about holding space for those are really different. I think I understand. I'll, I'll start by saying since people here might not know anything about my work, most of my work is about reconnecting people to their sovereignty, which is that you belong to you and other people belong to them. And, In that self-belonging, we get to belong together. It's kind of like, again, that like differentiation allows for the healthy relationship. So sovereignty and then power, which I define reconnecting to our power as gaining access for choice and choosing our life, which comes from Mm self-responsibility and then wholeness. And so helping us integrate all of the things that we have cast into our shadow or fragmented from an example would be um, my own queerness as an example of a thing that I had you know cast into my shadow or did not allow to be a part of my life and through healing integrated that and feel more whole so power sovereignty wholeness I almost said holiness which you know I'm not even that (laughs) but wholeness and self-worth and I think Self-worth is really where a lot of it starts, is feeling worthy of this this journey and this path, feeling worthy of belonging to yourself and choosing what feels right for you. And so it really all comes down to helping people know what they want and know what they need and feel worthy of going after it. And then all of the ways that our society and our programming has inhibited that. And so we might look at the patriarchy or I'm, I'm not an educator on anti-racism, but understanding how white supremacy plays a part in this and understanding how fat phobia plays a part in this. So looking at the different ways that not just our, you know, family system has impacted us, but the way that we are conditioned to be this way on a bigger scale. And I think that just helps take the shame out of it to know like a lot of this programming wasn't our fault. A lot of the things we're doing that we're frustrated with ourselves for doing are things that have kept us safe and if we can reprogram those stories and repattern the nervous system and we can actually have a lot of thriving and safety outside of all of those isms and the programming that we often think are us. Mm -hmm. So that's a long way of saying it.
1: I love it. I love it. So all of that, like with what you do and like you said it, like as, as someone in the space of like a healer or a space holder. Mm-hmm. You're doing you're doing that work. Like it's it's like a it's like the work is calling you to do it. As as it grows and expands, you grow and expand. So I'm curious, yeah. like what for you having a history of like enmeshed relationships and moving out of that and that having impacted your business. I'm curious about like how you. Maintain like healthy boundaries with your business, so you maintain mm. the spiritual aspect aspect of your business without it becoming your everything. Does that make sense?
2: yeah, and I didn't, and I haven't maintained <laughs> healthy boundaries <laughs> um, you know i I was just thinking about this the other day it people would tell me in the, especially in the early years, probably the first five years of my business, like you are just hustling, you're hustling, and you're hustling. And I was like, I was going so hard. Um, and I, I don't necessarily recommend like anyone follow exactly what I did because I don't know that it was coming from a place of health. And also I don't know that that's a problem. Um, I saw my business as an out in a lot of ways. I, I knew that if I had my own money, And I felt powerful in the world and my work was one way I felt powerful that I could feel safe enough to say like a big fuck off to all the things that were really hurting me and feel safe enough in my life. And so my business was a beautiful avenue to use the skills that I was already so good at and it feels wonderful to be doing something that you're innately good at. So I was able to like use my gifts and my creativity and my empathy, which didn't always have a place in my everyday life. I was able to channel that into something that really also served me and served my life and served my freedom. And so I, I kind of look back at my, you know, my earlier self in business and I'm so grateful. I, if you think of like the, the flea response of the nervous system and people are like, you're hustling, you're hustling, you're, you're, what are you, what are you running so hard after? people would think it was this like monetary number, like when are you going to be satisfied with success? And I'm like, I didn't have an answer. And I think my answer now is like, I was running to my freedom and I just didn't know what that would feel like when I finally got it and being able to create resources for myself and a sense of security in my skills and a sense of confidence. Like I was able to basically build an ego identity, which was, I needed because I had had a history of abuse that would basically allow me to live my life. Like that's actually mine. So have the resources to say, no, I, I, I want to live here, or want to spend my money this way, or I'm not going to have to talk to abusive people because I can fend for myself. And so the thing I think, you know, I, I didn't have great boundaries with my business for a long time, and I really see that as a beautiful adaptive response because I needed to get the fuck out of some of the places that I had been, or in not just I wasn't necessarily living in toxic places, but I needed to be able to establish that I could stand on my own two feet mm-hmm. and. I once once I started doing that, I like really lost the need to run so hard. And of course, there was burnout and unhealthy boundaries with clients and unhealthy boundaries with my work and overworking and all of that. And it was almost because of that imbalance, I had to look at it. It was like, you know, I wouldn't have had to look at it if it wasn't a problem. And it was. Um, And so I started looking at why. My relationship with my business was like why i was overworking and why i felt responsible for my clients and there again was the pattern of enmeshment and over responsibility and a fear that i'm not going to be okay unless i can fix everything and so i personally like i said my relationship with things my relationship with my business was the same as my relationship with everything else and so my work was the same like as everything else which is a healing is a spiritual work and healing my own enmeshment and learning to that. Like I source from source and other people source from source. And I might be a conduit for that experience and I might be able to hold space for it, but I'm not the source of it. That's my work. Um, And I guess I'm lucky enough or delusional enough to make my, uh, (laughs) the thing that is my deepest work, my professional work. Uh, (laughs) uh, So uh, I also just think like I love to learn and I recently went through a breakup and or breakup, closing a relationship, whatever conscious word you want to throw on it. Sure. Um, but I feel like I extracted every nugget of gold that I could from that experience. Like I, I flipped that thing inside and out to look at what was mine. What, what did I have to learn? And I think that I just like having that orientation to things And so it makes sense that if an issue comes up in my business, I'm going to look at it in the same way. And I don't think, I don't think for everyone that their business has to be a spiritual practice. I just enjoy being that way. And I think it helps me. So, yeah. God, I love that.
1: Oh, so much in there. First, I just want to honor the fact that you were like giving your past self like so much grace and understanding because it's just, yeah. I feel like that's so critical. And I also just fucking love it because it feels like permission, like that space of like, like you said, you're like, I didn't have boundaries. And I think that was funny. <laughs> it's
2: like, yeah. yes, of yeah. course
1: it was. Cause that's what you needed. And yeah. I think like the, the only you could have known that and And, and only you could have known when it was time for you to actually take a look at that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, I, someone, I'm someone who can be so perfectionistic about my healing and about doing it right. And I'm really experiencing a lot of grace and compassion. Like, I'm, I think I'm really feeling that maybe for the first time, like truly, like I understand what it's like to act like I have compassion. And to be like, yeah, I'm going to speak kindly to myself and I'm going to do the things that will, like are compassion, but I think I'm like feeling the compassion and really understanding I needed to do that. And if I would have taken people's advice and set it up a certain way, I could have been doing the external things that would have made it like, right. But I wouldn't have had the transformation of seeing what I'm actually up to. And so sometimes like following all the rules doesn't allow us to see what we're actually doing and what we're actually motivated from. So I was trying to do it all right. I was trying to set boundaries. I was just really shitty at it.
1: (laughs) Thank fuck you
2: were right. Like
1: (laughs) it's, I love, you just said, uh, I was following all the rules. Like following all the rules doesn't necessarily lead you to where you want to go, and it, I think I don't think it ever does. Yeah. Like, like that's no. That's the Instagram fix. That's the, the the Buzzfeed checklist. Like, sure, it's like this thing that allows us to feel productive. It's like the social media of self care. Like, you feel like yeah. you're doing something. You feel like you're trying, and like you know, bless you for trying, and and yeah. also like that you're not doing it for a reason and like, yeah. you know, when you're ready, you can take a look at it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you something? One of my teachers shared with me that I think is a beautiful analogy for this. Yes, please. So Matthew Kreps, who is one of my teachers, he teaches on Enneagram and philosophy and he talks about how transformation there's uh, there's like doing work, like working on ourselves and behavior modifying and that's very active like we're like taking a look and we're doing something and then there's transformation and transformation is tricky because we're having to take action but we're also not needing to take action and he said transformation is more like being pregnant and it's more like protecting and honoring this thing that's just happening and you can eat for it, but you actually like, you can't force the baby to grow. You can't micromanage that process. It's just happening. And you're, and I've never been pregnant. I, so I don't know how much more that would impact me had I ever had a baby, but I thought it was a really beautiful analogy for actually you're just holding space for a thing that's changing and growing. And it's not as micromanaging as I used to think it was.
1: Yeah and, and to add on to that like you can you can try to micromanage it but that's just going to happen when it's going to happen and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> you you know like cuz cuz you can you can take on that mindset towards something that's happening but it doesn't make it doesn't make the process smoother and it also ultimately can't control it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think I I think looking back I'm like, "Oh, I spent most of my 20s trying to manage and control so many things about me and about my work in order to be loved. And now I'm like, well, one, it didn't give me any more of love that I wanted. So that's a bullshit way to get love. Cause it really didn't help at all. You're like, I tried um, for 10 two- years. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've been trying. It didn't work. And um, it, it basically got me love that like, didn't, that wasn't real. Like that didn't really, didn't feel the way I wanted it to feel, but also it didn't change me like on uh, a, it changed my behavior. It didn't change my like the core of why I was doing what I was doing. And so I became really good at like managing myself, but not necessarily good at feeling good. Hmm. And I think there's a big difference.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's like the the checklist thing versus the transformation. Like it's right. it's a God. We just we want to rush things, don't we? like i'm yeah. i'm still in this place like my my mother has walked fast her entire life she does it to you know <laughs> for for many reasons that are understandable for her but i tried to keep up for a very long time and like the conscious effort of slowing down into mm. that space of of like being with transformation feels yeah. excruciating until it doesn't anymore
2: yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah, I love that analogy of slowing down too. I'm a fast walker, so I get. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, it's like the, the sense of like urgency. I like, that's how I noticed that I run into walls in my house. And then my partner's like, "Are you dying? Are you okay?" I was like, "No, I just need to slow down."
0: Hello, loves, it's me, Christina. I wanted to interrupt this episode to talk to you briefly about my one-on-one rebuilding coaching series. This 12-week series is designed to transform the way you show up in your life, to help you discover your next step and support you to move confidently into it. We work on inner critic, dialogue, confidence, and trusting yourself to make decisions. I like to look at life as a series of endings and beginnings. There's so many of those in our lives, and I think this space is where the greatest transformation takes place. And whether you've already gone through a change or feeling like there's a change around the corner, or just really feel like something is missing, These spaces are great for asking, what do I want now, and what is possible for me now? If you're really longing to live freely and trust yourself to move through life with confidence, this series is for you. My clients call this series transformative, empowering, and inspiring, and they often report after the series they feel confidence to say no, trust their worth, in touch with their bodies, and in tune with their instincts. This is a powerful container and can have huge long-term impacts on your life and well-being. You can learn more by visiting my website at com. also listed in the show notes. Um, and that's where you can learn more about working with me. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show.
1: Yeah. 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 What? So I'm curious about like your business now, like through this process. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for you to? see your business as a spiritual practice like what is your relationship to your business right now
2: yeah i think right now speaking of micromanaging and urgency i'm really learning especially you know i'm i'm 8 years in to having this business and working with it and i think i am realizing how I've been forcing, like almost like forcing my energy into the ethers and onto the internet um, so that there's a feeling of needing to be relevant, needing to be always present. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing, I don't know that was ever as necessary as I thought, but I think especially now with the stage of business I'm in, that a lot of the work that I've done over the past eight years has a momentum to it that I don't need to micromanage nearly as much as I think that I do. Um, you know, I have podcasts, I have blogs, I have, so, and I have clients that are all over the world and there's a momentum to impact and there's momentum to relationship and all of that content that has been created that I'm learning to trust and not feel like I have to always be forcing something new to happen. I don't actually know that that's human or part of the creative process. So I'm, I'm kind of playing with, uh, pulling my energy back further than is comfortable for me. So that's happening right now. Um, I'm learning a lot about team, uh, over the last couple of months, I've been through like, I guess the last six months, I've been through some big transitions. I went through a breakup. I moved. I, um, those are the two main things. I rehomed a dog, but they were really, they were big things for me and watching my business still generate, Great income, and my team be able to run things, and my clients be served well, and all of the balls stay afloat. And that didn't happen through me overworking. That feels really exciting. And so I'm like, I'm very curious about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of just leaning into more ease. And I actually went on a retreat with a couple of my like boss friends, and they all do similar work to me, but they all work so much less than me like so much less and some of them charge more and then some of them make more money. And I was so confused. Like, I, like it was so disorienting to be like, wait, so like you only work two days a week and you, you charge this much. And like my mind was so scrambled by like the nonchalantness and not like the, not that they don't care. not that their work isn't excellent. It, it is, but they didn't have the same energy of urgency or uh, needing to always be on. Or guilt for rest that I have, and so I am just really leaning into so much more play, and uh, and this is maybe something that I got from the church. But I would, I used to really feel like the money that I made from my work didn't belong to me; it like belonged to my clients, and so I needed to spend it in a way that my clients would like. And I, I got that from the church of like you know, God's watching what you're doing when no one else is watching, the sense of surveillance. Mm -hmm. And I'm really undoing a deeper layer of that. Like now that I'm living alone, I'm really undoing some old programming around lack of privacy and self-surveillance that I got from my childhood and and from spiritual trauma of like, someone's always watching and you're about to be punished if someone doesn't agree. And I didn't know until I had that experience with those boss friends. It's like, wow, I'm like, uh, kind of, even when no one's around afraid that like people are going to see something they're dissatisfied by like, seeing myself from the outside. And so I'm working in my business to create healthier boundaries, like psychically and in my like mental space, because I'm actually not doing anything fucking wrong. Like I'm not be. I'm actually like living a really balanced life. And there's a, there's a guilt for that. Sometimes, you know, I was sharing with friends, like I'm a woman in her thirties making multiple six figures with no children who's single and I can do whatever the fuck I want most of the time. And that feels like such a potent amount of privilege. I'm also a white woman. Like there's just, there's so much of like not just privilege in today's society but if I look back ancestrally out of all the women in my lineage and all of the women who've ever existed that I might have more freedom and more choice than anyone in my lineage ever has. Mm-hmm. And there, there feels like a responsibility and a weight to that. And I'm trying to, I guess, be with the, the healthy weightiness of that mm-hmm. with uh, guilt and shame and hiding around it, mm-hmm. uh, because that's actually not productive. And so I'm doing some ancestral work with it and trying to to ask myself like, what do I do with all this choice and creativity? Cause that's in my work too. Like I have so much choice. I'm the CEO of my business. I I say, when I work, I say what I create. And I actually think grappling with the level of choice that we have is a spiritual practice. Like what we do, how we wield that choice and our power. And so I'm, I'm playing with that. And I don't know if anyone else would think that the spiritual practice, but all of those feel really big to me of like this much freedom, this much privacy, this much choice, this much power, this much privilege. How do I use that in a way that I'm proud of? And that's also not codependent. That's also not that like honors other people, but doesn't hold back because of what other people might think or that other people might not have access to that much choice. It's like kind of a, uh, it feels a little bit like thin is the only way I know how to put it. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. I, I really think that like, I love that you named choice as a spiritual practice because I really feel like, um, I, I, I got this from like, just watching movies and really good shows, but like the main character is like, always having to make like bigger and bigger choices especially like a heroine she's like at the end like there's this big choice that like all of her life choices have led up to you know
2: yeah and I, I realized yeah. like
1: healing like spiritual healing and personal healing really is just the growing the ability and capacity to be with greater and greater decisions
0: yeah and like it feels that way yeah it's like
1: oh like the next big choice that you have you know whatever big means for you in particular.
2: Yeah. And that means of course, like self-trust, like whenever I think of choice, I immediately, for me, think of self-trust is which, how are you going to lead your business and make decisions for a company, the more money you make, you know, it's, I think it's, I felt safer in some ways in my work, whenever I was charging less, making less money and serving less people, cause it felt manageable. Like I could still micromanage that level of being seen. And at this point, like I'm not, I'm not in any way being seen by lots and lots of people. My work is highly visible. And I'm working with a lot more people than I ever have. And I have more money flowing in my bank account and out of my bank account than I ever have. And it feels like the responsibility feels weightier. Mm. And like, it's asking a deeper level of maturity and paying attention. You know, I can't fuck off with my money in the way that I used to. And I can't fuck off with my days in the way that I used to. Not that I ever really fucked off all that much. (laughs) I probably could loosen up to be quite honest. (laughs) But like a certain amount of like uh, feeling competent to actually do it and proud of my choices and able to be with mistakes and able to be with what happens if i cause harm like all of those things i think is like that requires capacity that is spiritual work and if we're serving people and we're being creative and we're being seen and we're making money and we're making choices with that money and you know we're growing businesses like all of that capacity also has to grow and i think I see a lot of people get right up to the six figure mark in their business. They grow and grow and grow and they hit six figures and they're like, well, that's enough. And that's not, you know, a judgment. I just see it happen. I see a lot of people kind of go up and they almost have a, a choice point to like grow and scale or to keep things small. And both are good choices. Like there's no right or wrong. I think keeping something manageable and small is actually often very wise, but I, I see people try to scale and then get overwhelmed because they actually don't have the capacity uh, for what they're trying to create. And I see that with a lot of people who have very quick success is like, it's not, I you might say it's burnout, but it, it feels different than burnout to me. It's almost like, I, I don't know if there's a term for it, but I think it could just be like a sense of overwhelm of like things came too much too fast, too soon there wasn't enough capacity for all the choices that were having to be made. And then there's, you know, choices that they're not proud of and then there's shame about and the inability to process that. And I mean, you can call all of that inner work healing work, but I think it's spiritual work because without, for me, without a higher power, like I didn't feel safe to handle any of it. Like I I was an atheist for a while after I left religion and the amount of feeling like everything was on me like i took self responsibility to the extreme and it turned into blame and shame and guilt and there wasn't a sense of like where is my safe place to land what who can i surrender any of this to and so for me developing a, a strong relationship with higher power and earth has been really supportive because it kind of like takes me off my high horse a little bit it's not as big of a deal whenever i'm like oh i'm just a person
1: Yeah. What does that, what does that look like? Your relationship with higher power? Like I know coming from a religious background myself, like I went through an atheist phase too, and not to discredit anyone who's still an atheist, if you find it supportive, that's fucking fantastic. Yeah. But, um, I, like I chose spirituality for like slightly different reasons. So I'm curious, like what it, what it looked like for you to move, move back into that space of Yeah. What does it mean to you?
2: You know, I'm trying to think how I would describe it. I'm not really attached to there being a higher power. So I'm like, I, I live as though there is, and I don't care if I'm right. Um, yeah. and I think if we look throughout history at people and the way that stories have evolved it seems like whether or not it's true with a capital T that it really helps people and it's it really helps people cope and create meaning of their life and so like if something bad happens in someone's life I'm never going to say it happened for a reason and them them finding the reason in their story of the world could be extremely important for their healing and so I see it in that way of like, whether or not this is true or objectively true for anyone else i see how it is objectively helpful and supportive in my life and so for me a lot of it is just understanding that biologically everything is energy like i i think about the energetics of things i think about intention the practices i use i have a tea practice every day and a lot of that's just because i am busy and I like to talk to people. And that's a time for me to be with myself, with a plant, with water, with some of nature's elements and serving myself and connecting to nature and prayer. And prayer for me is less about like talking to God and a lot more about aligning myself to higher ideals and the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that there isn't like a higher intelligence. Like I really do. I think that it makes, it makes the most sense that this isn't an accident that there's some higher intelligence at play. If it's an accident, that's also a miracle that deserves worship because that's fucked up. If this was an accident, I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's fucked up. Um, But I think cultivating like awe and wonder and gratitude. And for me, it's very like a heart centered practice of like, how am I positioning my heart towards myself and towards others? Um, And so sometimes I'll pull tarot cards and sometimes I'll, I have like a pendulum that I'll use. And like, I use all of that less as again, objective truth and more as like what's coming up for me as I hear this. So I use it as like a self contemplation tool and like to see what's up with me, um, which I really like. And I think ultimately, spirituality should be about dignity and treating other people like for me, my spirituality is about human dignity and about reverence towards all beings and creatures and i I look to practices that indigenous folks have had in their relationship to all things because again, to me, it's about our relationship, and a lot of indigenous folks say all my relations and i I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that it's that's for me the relationship aspect was something I came to on my own but then as I've learned about indigenous practices and the relationship with all things and all beings and seeing everything as having a spirit that intuitively makes sense it feels the most compassionate and so I don't practice any indigenous ways necessarily but I uh I feel like I have a lot to learn from that and then, of course, I'm really impacted by the Christian tradition. I know it super well, and so I've, I've studied it a lot. So I do draw a lot from the Jesus teachings. They say Jesus was uh, an Enneagram, an enlightened Enneagram too, and I resonate with two. And so I think that there's a lot for me personally to learn from the way that Jesus lived. Um, and I don't have any like weird feelings about that kind of Christianity it's more of like the American industrial complex war machine that I have an issue with the white supremacist Christianity, which isn't Christianity. So I feel far enough removed from the trauma of the American church from that to be able to have like, to be able to see the philosophical significance of the Jesus teaching. And I, it's a really big part of my life still as well. And I've had some amazing, uh, plant medicine experiences that I'm just like I cannot deny that there's something bigger and I don't know what it is but it is hilarious from what I've seen
1: (laughs) (laughs) isn't it always hilarious I feel like always hilarious there's there is so much humor in like existence like and, and a lot of sorrow obviously as well like but puts so much the irony, I feel like, and in those spaces, particularly, you're able to experience like, the absurdity, like, yeah, of, of what it means to have everything existing all at the same time, all at once, and the way it interacts and connects, and is, is very universal and feels, um, feels like it touches all of those philosophies, somehow at the same time.
2: Yeah. You know, I I have a tweet in my drafts and I want to share it with you because I just wrote it yesterday. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how this makes sense, but I think it's funny Uh, because three different plant, plant medicine experiences. I had one and I felt, I felt like I met God and I met my own heart and I heard you are worship. And I was like, wow, like it was so moving. And then I had another experience with plant medicine and I saw the devil and he was the size of an elf on the shelf and he was dancing and he told, he told me life's a joke. And then I had another plant medicine experience and I was dressed up as a mushroom. And I, it was like the, it was like, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. And it was, it was so significant for me because I really did not know that. Like I knew it intellectually, but I really did not realize I can do whatever I want. And so I'm like, okay, what the medicine has to teach me is that I am worship. It's all all a joke. Basically I should just dance around and do whatever the fuck I want. And I don't know that those are, that's medicine for everyone. You know, I don't know that that's profound for everyone, but all three of those things were extremely profound for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, for for whatever reason I needed to know, cause and and also whenever I saw the devil, I could not stop laughing. I laughed for hours <laughs> and I'm like, If it's a joke, I'm taking it all way too seriously. I can do whatever I want. And I am here to have a pure heart of worship. And that, kind of like I said, like if it is all an accident, that's hilarious. That's fucked up. And that's kind of how I feel about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, it's ironic, probably because you brought up uh, the Bible already. But I was like, that's very Ecclesiastes. It is. Everything is meaningless, like... What the actual that entire book is like, what the fuck, what the fuck, like <laughs> yes. it means nothing, what the fuck, like enjoy, eat, drink, like live your life because what the fuck,
2: <laughs> because what the fuck, yeah. I was walking in my neighborhood, and this is, I mean, this is what I mean about spiritual practice that I think is just like so mundane. I was walking and I was like, oh my god, all of these trees are going to outlive me, like. <laughs> Oh my, God. oh my God, and I I walk by them thinking that I'm so important and disregarding them and they are going, most of these trees are going to outlive my life and be significant to so many other people. And that is just fucked up to me and I, in, in the best way. And it puts me back in my place and it humbles me. And I think that that's what spirituality is for. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, and it helps me remember my relationship to the earth and other people. I'm like, oh, I don't fucking matter. Thank God. That's such a relief. And I don't mean that to be like self-deprecating. I mean yeah. that because like I think I matter too much sometimes.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't help you, you know,
2: like No. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it's like It's the thing that makes me so insecure. It's not the thing that helps my worthiness. It makes it worse. Right.
1: Yeah. It's like it's so fascinating like feeling like I feel like um nature is, does such a Incredible job of bringing us back to that place, like you said, like seeing the tree and be like, "Oh fuck, you're gonna outlive me!" (laughs) Like, what does this mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, that my plants are teaching me things, and this tree in the backyard wants me to dance. Like, it's like this expansive space of nature, like allows allows us to understand like the fucking significance of the fact that we exist. Yeah, and also, so does everything else. Yeah, Like, like it, it's, it is the true, like being with energy, like, yeah, like you can, you can feel the weight of your worthiness and also the weight of the worthiness of the grass underneath your feet.
2: Mm. Have you seen everything everywhere all at once yet? No, I fucking want you. It's on my list. Oh my God. <laughs> I think it's maybe one of the most beautiful, hilarious, profound movies I've ever seen. And I won't share any spoilers, but there's the scene with the rocks and anyone who's watched it. And whenever you watch it, you'll know what I mean about like everything being alive. It's just so profound. You have to see it. And then please message me immediately and let me know what you think.
1: I will. Okay. I'm so excited when it came out because like I've watched a couple different like trippy movies in my life um, that really like shook me. One of them was Samsara. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like um, Mm -mm. similar to like, it's just life. Like, it's just chaotic life all happening all at once, like the original life in a day. Like, this just like, whoa, like you don't know what to feel because it's just everything, everywhere all at once. And so, when I heard the title of this movie, I was like, I have to see this because that, like, that chaotic energy that for for me, like, my soul is an old one. So it's like, for me, that's where I've, I've lived my entire life. And that feeling is just so familiar. It's like a hug.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, you're going to love it. It's also absurd. And that's what's like, it's so profound and so absurd at the same time Mm -hmm. that like, it's just, yeah, you're going to love it on message. You. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I want to give you um, a chance before we have to go. I would love for you to share um, about your program, Serve It Up. I'm a huge fucking fan, obviously. Um, but yeah, I it's you know we're talking about business, spiritual practice, and life, mm-hmm. and
2: absurdity, and everything. All of yes. Once. So yeah. So something I didn't mention, which I think is important with spiritual practice, is again like having that containment around the practice. That's something that I'm so grateful for that I honed in my time in evangelicalism. Again, not all things, most things about that weren't not great. But the things that I have taken and made great in my life are the ritual practices the sense of having a devotion towards something because I was so keen on my Bible study practices and meeting with people and studying and having a devotion to something. And I learned that in formative years. And I I also have a background in martial arts and it was a a devotional practice in my childhood. I I was extremely obsessively disciplined around it. And I'm really grateful for those things because I think we often forget that the boring stuff is often where the magic happens. And so having the ability and the practice of cultivating, doing the boring things that create a containment for all the magic to be born is really important in business, especially Mm -hmm. as someone who's a neurodivergent creative person who would rather just half the time just fuck off and do something else. And that's definitely me. (laughs) So having a sense of devotion of like, if I organize my life around what matters to me and if I organize my business around what matters to me and have some sort of devotional practice to show up for that, for, for myself first. And then for my business, things just seem to naturally happen. Mm-hmm. So um I kind of take all of that information and all the information about relating to people and to others. And I put it into the course because honestly, I did not want to teach business. And I know that's like not the best way to like sell a program. feel like, I didn't want to do this, but I did. Um, but I love the deep work of coaching. And I love the deep relational work, um, like uh, the interpersonal connection and what's really going on here. and What are the patterns? Like that is the work that is so sacred to me, but I kept having people be like, but also like now that I'm feeling worthy of doing the thing I want to do, can you help me in my business? Because it seems to come easy for you. And it does. And so I, after a couple years of that feedback, I was like, you know, I am really good at this. It does come really easy. I have a lot of opinions on how I think it should be done and, and how it could be done way easier if people are making it. And so I, basically I, I started helping friends behind the scenes. Like I wasn't advertising to anyone that I was like developing that I was doing this, um, helped a couple of friends with their businesses, was really working on getting my team, my, my team in order as my business was scaling and decided that I would do a small cohort. And you were a part of that small first cohort, which was so exciting. Um, and so I was able to weave in, Setting up your business as a spiritual practice by like establishing business ecosystem and relating to your business as its own entity, but that you're collaborating with. So in the beginning of the program, it's really all about developing that ecosystem. Like, what are your values? So I got to bring in all the things I love about coaching of like aligning yourself to your values and what really matters to you and creating your life, a place of integrity into the way that you create your business. And then Basically mapping out signature process, signature framework, learning how to market all through relating to people and making invitations instead of any weird, any weird bullshit that we see sometimes in the marketing. Um, and then all of the system stuff that just allows you to live your life. I think a lot of business owners forget that they have to set up systems so that they can actually live, but they're not attached to their computer at all times because things will fall through the cracks and that creates anxiety and that creates the overworking. And so the systems, in my opinion, create the boundaries where like you actually can have the boundary because it, the business doesn't rely on you 24 yeah. seven. And then towards the end of the program, I'm like probably missing some things, but towards the end of the program, we really get to focus on like what were the inner blocks that are actually keeping you from your leadership because as anyone can hear probably in this conversation, a lot of it is what is your capacity as a person, as a facilitator, as a healer, whatever you're doing, what is your capacity to receive? What is your capacity for visibility? What is your capacity to set boundaries or have self-trust and make those choices? So I wanted it to be all of those things, but I also wanted it to be a group because groups are my favorite way to work with people. Um, And so we're actually in right now we're in week three of the new cohort and they've already met outside of like anything I scheduled to hang out with each other. Uh, And I'm like, Oh, because they messaged like something about the zoom room. And I was like, Hey, like I didn't, there's not something scheduled today. And they're like, no, no, we scheduled this. (laughs) I was like, Oh, you're all hanging out without me. That's so good. Um, Because I want people to feel a sense of like, the relationships are theirs. The work that they create in this program belongs to them. Mm. And so it's really exciting and I love it. So that's like, that's a summary. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's what I love about it.
1: Great. Yes. It's amazing. I, I love being a part of the first cohort. It was still impacts so much of my life. And I Mm. highly, highly recommend it to anyone who's building their business at whatever level, like having that as a foundation for starting my work was so supportive and honestly like mm. for me it was it was what i needed to know that growth could be possible and also to establish like a sense of worth in seeing myself in that role which
0: oh i love that i don't know if
1: that was like an intended outcome but for me it was just like oh like i can actually see myself in this And that is, that alone was worth it. And, you know, then everything else is just like sprinkles and cherries and all the joy on top.
2: (laughs) All the good stuff. I love hearing that. You know, you never can know what anyone's individual experience is going to be whenever you're facilitating something. Like Mm -hmm. you can do everything you think is needed and someone can have Uh, And they can change their whole life or it can change the smallest thing in their life. And maybe that's exactly what they needed, but we don't, As facilitators, we have to let go of like what results look like and just serve really well. So I love hearing that that was your experience because you don't always know, you know, the depth of how something impacts people. Thank you for telling me.
1: Yeah course thank you so much for joining me today it's been wonderful yeah. talking
2: to you oh my god i'm just talking your ear off i'm having so much fun yeah it's the best, <laughs> the best? thank, thank you. you
0: thank you all for joining me today if you're wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself seeing your own magic and building the life that you want you can contact me on my website the website is below in the show notes i hope you all have a bitching day